What is happening? Are we living in a simulation? Don't worry, darling. This is easily entertained. No. I am the father. And here we go. That belongs in a museum. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? You're going to need a bigger boat. This is Sparta! Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sattler, welcome to Jurassic Park. Welcome back to Easily Entertained. My name is Bryson Olson, and here we talk about all things entertaining, like movies, TV, video games, whatever the heck I want. Uh, this week I am joined by a special guest, my lovely girlfriend, Caroline. Do you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. My name is Caroline. Today we are going to be talking about Don't Worry, Darling. Um, we have a little bit of a different episode today because it's a bit unscripted, so you will see what it's like. It'll go great or it will go terrible. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> um, so Don't Worry, Darling. We got to watch that because it came out on HBO. Last week? Yeah, last Monday, I yeah. think. Um, that's when it came out, the 7th on HBO. Um, that was my first time watching it. Um, you had watched it before then. Yes, a whole bunch of us went to the $5 theater, as we do in a college town, to go see it a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of just got to see it. I feel like uh, Harry Styles and Florence Pugh was a big selling point for a lot of people. Not to mention all the drama behind it, too. That's true, which I think we'll probably get into a little bit, because I was doing some research earlier so that we could talk about that. Um, so first, I feel like we should probably explain what Don't Worry Darling is about. Um, so spoilers if you haven't really seen it, um, but I feel like if you're listening to an entertainment podcast and it's talking about something, you either have seen it or you're going to watch it and you don't care about it being spoiled. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, which hilariously, the, the plot, I feel like, is almost kind of hard to, to like explain. Like, cause like, here's like the synopsis just from like Google. In the 1950s, Alice and Jack live in the idealized community of Victory, an experimental company town that houses the men who work on a top secret, Jesus Christ, I can't speak, Mm -hmm. top secret project. While the husbands toil away, the wives get to enjoy the beauty, luxury, and debauchery of their seemingly perfect paradise. However, when cracks in her idyllic, idyllic? Idyllic, yeah. Idyllic life begin to appear, exposing flashes of something sinister lurking below the surface. Alice can't help but question exactly what she's doing in Victory. So, like, the whole thing is kind of like everything isn't exactly what it seems. Um, cause this whole world is all like very nice and everything goes right. And then we find out later it's like a simulation, which I feel like is kind of funny because mm-hmm. everyone's constantly joking. We live in a simulation, you guys. Simulation. It's just what if we live in a simulation? What it is. Mm-hmm. is anything real? The mm-hmm. birds aren't. <laughs> <Like> anything else? <laughs> but I don't know. I like the whole concept of living in a simulation, even though, like, basically, like the Matrix, because, mm-hmm. which because it's not. The movie is very clearly different from the Matrix, and things play out way different. Even when she's when Florence Pugh's character Alice is aware that it's a simulation it's not like she can suddenly just control things it's not like oh i'm 
broke into the matrix mm-hmm. i can dodge bullets and other crazy things <laughs> like that's not really how this one is um but i i do like the concept of living in a simulation because it really like makes you question everything about mm-hmm. existence which i feel like is that how you feel yes definitely there's like one thing we feel like we can rely on is our sense perceptions. Yeah. Sorry, I'm the philosophy major here. Um, one thing we can rely on is like our sense perceptions. And once we realize that our sense perceptions start to deceive us, everything we know about the world, every single one of our beliefs comes into question. So as soon as you're no longer able to trust your sense perceptions, when you have this like lack of control of what you know, <laughs> game over, man. Yeah. And it's like, I had read this somewhere. I can't remember if I read it or if I saw it. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember seeing something where it's like, you can't really prove that anything actually exists except, like, your own consciousness. Because you understand that you're thinking. That would be Descartes' meditations for anybody who wants to read those. <laughs> I know. I didn't realize there was actually, like, terms for it. <laughs> but it's like, because you really can't. You can't really prove, like, I'm touching things physically. I can't really prove that those things actually exist mm-hmm. because in a simulation it all trick your mind into thinking it's real mm-hmm. anyways so it's like what if we're, what if we're mm-hmm. all living a lie no what descartes actually uses is kind of like that um like if you can have an optical illusion if you can see like a mirage against the horizon that proves that at least one of your sense perceptions deceives you so therefore you can't trust any of them if you have a super real dream that feels real while you're in it and you can't tell until you're out of it that proves that your senses can deceive you so what do you really know do other people exist does the world exist it's pretty cool that is really cool because i it makes sense that those things that like already kind of exist but like that's so like mind-blowing because like everyone has like real dreams that they're like this feels so real and you wake up just like so Mm -hmm. disoriented which i feel like is a really well way to describe don't worry darling Mm -hmm. is because like alice is constantly like what is happening this world doesn't feel right something's off Mm -hmm. i feel like sometimes we walk through our own world kind of feeling well and throughout the movie too we get these like random screen flashes of her in the real world moments where she starts to remember moments that she really starts to see this line of her reality blur from her actual reality versus the simulation that she's been plugged into Mm -hmm. which like hats off to florence Pugh because goddamn not only is she gorgeous amazing i'm in love with her (laughs) (laughs) we all know she's amazing and she's a wonderful actor for sure like it'd be hard to kind of pull that off because you have Mm -hmm. to just like act like your whole world is being destroyed around you and Mm -hmm. it's like questioning everything so i think it's like really good acting chops to her to like just be able to do that um she's the queen of the psychological thriller Mm -hmm. yeah and then uh let's talk about the really obvious elephant in the room harry styles (laughs) Fun fact, do you know that they had to completely airbrush all of his tattoos out for every scene, even the ones where he has shirts on? Because the lights would go through the shirts and you could see his tattoos. That is so 
funny. Sorry, random side fact I know. <laughs> like, yeah, Harry, we can't, we have the tattoos. I love the tattoos. <laughs> oh, that, that's hilarious. I didn't know that. Um, but, but anyways, so, Harry Styles, he's, he's a, he's an all right. I would say he's pretty good considering his only role before this was like a side role in Dunkirk. Yeah. Like this is a big role to take on so so early in his acting career and I think he did a really good job mm-hmm. all things considered. Yeah. But next to Florence Pugh, yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, she's like a well established. She knows what she's doing. She's trained, she knows like she knows her stuff. Yeah, and then <laughs> Then you have Harry Styles. His little dude. pouty face. <laughs> when he cries, his crying scene had me dying. Because it's just like, like having the worst ugly cry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, if you can pull off a good ugly cry, that's good. And he, he, co- he sort of could. <laughs> however, it seemed like too much of mm-hmm. an ugly cry. I'm like, Harry. When we saw it in the theater, every time he would, like, get mad at Alice or get super emotional, people would just giggle. It's supposed to be a so serious scene, and people are just giggling. Because it's, like, clear he's, like, not used to it. Mm Because acting is reacting. You're supposed to feed off each other. So when he has to, like, be, like, the main, like, get an angry person, he's like, I'm so mad. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like that. He's like I'm he's so focused mad on how mad he is. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. in trouble. <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's fine and it works, sort of, but it also doesn't. Mm. A lot of people also had some things to say about his accent in the movie, which is really funny because he is actually British. Yeah. And they kept saying that his British accent was terrible, which is hilarious which to me. Is pretty funny. Um, I do think some of it was, like, intentional. Mm-hmm. So, like, because, like, near the end of the film, when Alice kind of figures out that Jack kind of, like, abducted her, basically, mm-hmm. and brought her into this simulation world. Um, so she's kind of, like, breaking things apart and confronting him about it, and he's kind of freaking out. He's like, oh, no, what is going to happen? And he kind of, like, has a really bad British accent at that point. That, I feel like, was slightly intentional, um, whether that was on part due to Harry Styles or if, like, someone gave him that direction Mm -hmm. to, like, try and switch between an American accent. Because Jack's American in the real world, right? Exactly. Because, like, in their world, he's, they're both Americans and he just chose to be British. Which is so funny to me. I think it's probably a genius way that they could be like, okay, Harry, we don't have to make you try and do an American accent the whole time. Just like five minutes. Yeah, just five minutes. Um, But I feel like that breaking and him going back and forth, whether that was intentional or not, Mm -hmm. kind of supported that because they're like, oh no, he's kind of freaking out. Let's make him switch back and forth like that he doesn't know how to really control it anymore because mm-hmm. lose because like that's a big part of his character in the real world he doesn't feel like he has control Mm-mm. and so kind of going into this world where he's it's like the 50s men are in charge they're the providers and mm-hmm. there's they feel like they have more control which is really interesting too because like the whole point of the victory project is this idea of like a better life 
for everybody, but the men are still miserable. Yeah. They have to go back into the world every day to work, but for some reason, it's better that they're miserable if they're the ones in control. Yeah, which, like, here's another thing on that. So during the movie, we, so when we get the flashback to before they're in the simulation, when, like, Alice is a surgeon, um, and she comes home, comes home to Jack, who's, like, unemployed, everything hasn't even made dinner and she's been in the operating room for like hours at least cook or something like dude she's slaving away to provide Mm -hmm. for both of you you should Mm -hmm. you should do something not saying that's necessarily how relationships should work however when you know she's doing that Mm -hmm. and that's the only source of income right now i feel like that's well it also implied that he didn't even like take the time or effort to make dinner for himself. He just expected Alice to come home from a hour long shift in the OR and make him dinner, even though she had to be back up in six hours. He didn't even get the hot water back on. So she didn't even have time to shower. It's like just this weird dependence he has on her to provide all of his needs. Yeah, And like, and like on that, Cause like he does, he's unemployed before then, and then he discovers this hilarious alpha male podcast. <laughs> Basically, like, <laughs> hey, in his defense, I too would join a cult led by Chris Pine. Honestly, <laughs> fair, uh, but it's definitely like the freaking I don't know what it was called, but that whole Andrew Tate mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, like the whole alpha male thing. Men should be the providers. We're in charge, which I think hilarious. Is so stupid. um but like so he so he gets like attached to this podcast that's like we all live in a simulation type thing and then he actually does it because he figures out how he like goes and meets Mm -hmm. up or whatever i think there's an application process like Like, i was reading through the original script and there was also like a down payment and a whole bunch of things right and then he says he has to work all the time every day in order to make enough money to keep them there. Which so is what, like, I was going to bring back, yeah. back to. Because they have to go back to the world to make money so they can, like, afford rent and water and stuff like that mm-hmm. so they can do that. And probably, like, the he subscription was, to the Victory Project, dude, too. he was unemployed. What is he working as now? I'm like, you could have just gotten a job and worked mm-hmm. together to have a better life in the real world. Like, I understand the concept, but I feel like the way they made it was a little... Also, she was literally a doctor, a resident in an operating room, like a surgeon, and I think the script says Pennsylvania. Yeah. So they probably would have been making quite a bit of money, just Mm -hmm. needed a few years to get those med school payments off. She probably picked up extra hours while he was unemployed. So it really felt like it was a temporary situation for the two of them that he just got so angry with and mm-hmm. found the worst option <laughs> out of. Let me just kidnap my wife and speaking of kidnapping wives, there's that moment in like the application process for the Victory pro- Project where it's like, okay, your chosen wife is Alice, do you have a pre-existing relationship? And a lot of people have thought that maybe some of the other wives didn't have a pre-existing relationship. Like, Violet seems super out of it, super anxious. Bill seems super nervous anytime anything goes slightly wrong. Like, maybe he kidnapped her. Yeah, it's 
like, technically, they could just be, especially because in the simulation, like, they don't know they're in a simulation. No. The men do, but. The wives are completely brainwashed. They're given, like, one of three backstories, I think, of how they met their husbands, where they're from, all that jazz. Which (laughs) calls out. She's like, you either did one of these three things, and everyone's like. Oh, they're just popular honeymoon locations. There's nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like brushing off. It's like, oh, (laughs) what a coincidence that we're all this way. And we're like, "Mm -hmm." what a coincidence. (laughs) What a coincidence. We all had the same exact fairy tale meeting. I think not. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) But yeah, like they could have just kidnapped people and they they wouldn't have known. And that's insane. Which is like so nuts to think about. what do you think about the only wife knowing being Bunny? I feel like that's so weird. She, like, makes this comment about how, how her kids yeah. are alive in the si- simulation. Okay, I understand that to a point. Mm-hmm. However, that's a very dangerous mindset. Okay? Right. Because you're like, well, they don't exist in the real world. I come to the simulation they exist mm-hmm. so like i mean we clearly have like these obligations to like our family members and other people in the world but it feels like bunny specifically is taking times and let alice take care of them maybe she lost her kids to neglect yeah and she feels like in the simulation all of her problems go away yeah and she can almost like get away with it exactly because it's a simulation they're not gonna die like if she neglects them they're not gonna die because they're not real real. it's not gonna matter or she has she now has friends in the simulation to take Mm -hmm. care of them but friends that she doesn't really take care of like margaret or alice she doesn't seem to support them and maybe help them yeah they're just gaslighting the women all the time they're like oh everything's fine yeah (laughs) I think Bunny's the real villain. <laughs> In fairness, uh, she's played by Olivia Wilde. Who is the, the, the uh, apparent villain of the film. Yeah, the villain of both in the film and outside of the film, um, which I feel like we can now talk about more now. We've talked about the movie itself. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of drama, apparently. There was so much. And I don't know like the full extent of it, but I've seen like, little bits and pieces as I was looking up today mm-hmm. um, but you clearly are excited you know tons. this was all over my TikTok for you page for weeks and weeks so originally um, and you'll see this with Florence Pugh's other movies she posts quite a bit she promotes all of the films that she does and she started out when she got cast in this movie doing pretty much the same posting behind the scenes posting her castmates and then suddenly she just goes like radio silence on this film she doesn't really engage with a lot of uh, promo material on her Instagram or anything else, and so people are kind of suspicious. Originally, too, Shia LaBeouf was supposed to be cast as Jack instead of Harry Styles. That was something I had seen. I was like, really mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. And that, but then I saw, like, there were conflicting things. Where it's like he, he was fired, or he wasn't, or, he or, Oli- quit, or he Olivia Wilde may or may not have begged him to come back to the set. 
There was a lot of different things, and in the call that I think was leaked, Olivia Wilde is not exactly being nice to Florence Pugh when she's talking to Shia LaBeouf and basically asking him to come back to the film. But then she starts dating Harry Styles, and Harry Styles gets brought onto the film. I'm not sure which one comes first, because there's also rumors um, that at the beginning of the film that Florence Pugh and Harry started dating a little bit, mm. broke up, he started dating Olivia Wilde, and all sorts of shenanigans ensued. Uh, there are rumors that Florence Pugh actually had to take the lead and direct many of the scenes because, yeah, because like <laughs> yeah, Harry and Olivia were off backstage doing who knows what. Yeah, that was something mm-hmm. I had found today. Mm-hmm. It's like she was absent a lot with Harry, mm-hmm. and so it's like a lot of the directorial decisions were maybe Florence Pugh's. Yeah. And it was a lot of weird things, too. Um, Kiki Palmer, I think it was, who plays Margaret, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, was supposed to have a lot bigger of a role, but a lot of her scenes were cut for Olivia Wilde's character, Bunny. Um, and then a whole bunch of stuff happened with the Venice red carpet and everything. Kiki Lane. Kiki Lane. Thank you. Mm-hmm. She was amazing, and she was supposed to come back later in the film in the original cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just a lot of drama um, between... Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh. There was actually no pictures for the red carpet premiere of our leads, Harry and Florence. And it seemed like they were keeping everybody away from each other. Um, The way all the pictures are posed, those three are not standing next to each other. The rest of the cast is in between. Um, People who were pretty friendly at the premiere, though, Nick Kroll and Harry Styles did kiss at the Venice premiere, which is a callback to a scene in the film. And Harry Styles allegedly spit on Chris Pine. Yeah, that was like something I've seen, and they've there's been like several clips I've seen of Harry Styles and Chris Pine like kind of not getting along. Um, it's more like on like Chris Pine's mm-hmm. part, mainly on. Yeah, and it may just be context, because um, like sometimes people are like just making fun, and like people see that mm-hmm. from a different from a third person perspective and they're like oh they're fighting or getting a little mm-hmm. aggressive um but i i'm not sure because yeah. we don't really have full context of everything mm-hmm. one of the main disagreements that people think that olivia and florence might have had was on this comment that i think olivia wilde made when it uh came to how sex was portrayed in the film mm-hmm. she made it very clear that she was only going to portray female pleasure because it was a feminist movie it was all about female empowerment but Florence Pugh seemed to disagree with that and a lot of critics have also disagreed with that interpretation because Florence Pugh never like as Alice never gets the chance to consent to anything that happens to her while she's in the simulation so it's kind of hard to see why Olivia Wilde would frame this as like an empowering yeah. thing it's, it's, cause they're not, they're not mm-hmm. in this willingly like, like Olivia Wilde's character is right? None of the other women are. No, and like you, you could say definitely that the film as a whole is like a piece of feminist critique on gender roles, power dynamics, everything like that. But to say that the focus of the film is on female pleasure when nothing that happens to Alice in that film is consensual. Yeah, I can see why they were wanting to go for that, but mm-hmm. the way they executed it was not the vibe. <laughs> I feel like if they wanted to have that message be brought in a lot better. I think they could have made it so to get in the simulation they both consented and they both 
wanted to forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like Jack changed his mind and he didn't want to forget the real world, but uh, Alice did. Mm-hmm. And so, and then that kind of had things because then they're both in it and I together. Like that would have kind of helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then make like have them then be more of like an antagonist kind of role where they like like oh, but we changed our minds. We want to know mm-hmm. and feel more in control. That definitely could have been a way they filmed it, too. I don't know. It's crazy. This whole film is insane. In the original, original script, I guess they were married and then divorced, and that's why Jack brought her into the simulation. And uh, there's a moment when, in the original script, she gets out of the simulation, finds the divorce papers, and also finds out that she was like a Nobel Peace Prize winning doctor, and he faked her death. In order to pull her into the simulation. The original script is psycho. I, I feel like the final cut is paced a lot better than the original script seems to be. Because I did read through that. And I'd say it mm-hmm. is to the point. Because I feel like there are actually a lot of scenes in the film that don't actually make sense why they're... Harry Styles tap dancing. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, mo- honestly, most of Chris Pine's scenes... Mm-hmm. Because he kind of just says random things. Like, or yeah. he'll just stare at Alice. But it never explains that he's like, oh, I know she's breaking the simulation. Well, yeah. Like it, so, like, it sort of hints that that's where it's at. Like, he knows that she knows something is up. Mm-hmm. However, it never shows us or tells us that. I would definitely agree. That whole dinner party scene where he's like, I've been waiting for somebody like you to finally yeah. butt heads with, like, you are my chosen enemy now. I, I wanted more of that to build. I didn't want it to just, like, I don't know, fizzle out in the very same scene, too. Like I, because I feel like that would have been good to, like, make him a big protagonist, not protagonist, because, <laughs> um, like, it seems like he knows, and then it's would have been a much better thing to have than like duke it out, mm-hmm. and, and not like physically, but like in that yeah. kind of way. I think too, a lot of Bunny's character could have probably been um, replaced with Chris Pine's wife because she does seem to still like have. She knows. She's definitely standing up for the simulation during the dinner party scene and a couple other things. And then when she kills Chris Pine at the end, sorry, spoilers, she says that it's her turn, so she might be, like, a co-leader in the Victory Project. I think it could have been cool to see how her and Alice's dynamic played out a little bit more and a lot of this weird tension that Bunny has about, oh, do I tell Alice my friend or not? I think could have been replaced with her a little bit more yeah. and had it make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm also just mad that they cut Margaret when they did because she was supposed to come back in the uh, party yeah, scene like, to mess with Alice even more. Yeah, because that's like something that happened like pretty much right at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. that just barely has an effect on anything. Like, mm-hmm. Margaret goes a little bit crazy and then kills herself and then that's it Mm -hmm. and it's like why though explain to us why make it significant Mm -hmm. to drive our characters forward 
because the other thing too is with the exception of that weird plastic wrap scene which mm-hmm. alice didn't feel like she was fully in control it honestly felt like chris pine's character messing with her more yeah. than anything why did she never feel like that was her only way out of the simulation mm-hmm. was it a way out of the simulation margaret not margaret bunny mentioned that men die if they die in the simulation is that the same for the women so could they have been able to bring margaret back I don't know. I have a lot of questions. But that's the point of the psychological thriller. Everybody's like, what's up with the red plane? Some people are like, oh, it's the lasers passing over her eyes. And it's like her subconscious. What's up with the eggs? Mm -hmm. It's a psych... Another thing I was going to talk about was those different scenes. Mm -hmm. Like the plane crashing or the eggs. Or Mm -hmm. like when she's just cleaning the windows and the wall comes up Mm -hmm. and swishes her. It doesn't... Here's the thing. I love when things get weird in movies. Mm-hmm. I think weird stuff happening is very entertaining mm-hmm. because it makes you question why everything is happening. However, if you're going to have weird things, you need to eventually explain, explain them or show why they're happening. Like, is she breaking the simulation and it's like trying to correct itself mm-hmm. by like trying to remove her or something um because like with the wall smashing like what if it's trying like oh she's gonna ruin this Mm -hmm. let's eliminate her um but in my first watch of it i genuinely thought it was actually set in the 50s for a minute Mm -hmm. um before i started seeing more of those flashbacks that she had and especially with like the earthquake that they experience with a lot of the 50s imagery a lot of this like patriotic victory thing i was genuinely wondering if they were like a military test site town and that a lot of the things were like weird um nuclear stuff it's like oh the eggs are empty because of nuclear whatever oh there's planes trying to get in here because it's the government trying to figure out what's going on because Frank's gone rogue and stolen a whole bunch of technology. I think that could have been a cool thing, but I do like that that's like how they kind of start bringing you in there with all the 50s imagery. Yeah, because it's meant to like subvert your expectations mm-hmm. for sure. It's like, oh, you're probably going to think this is like a military base. Or I definitely thought it was. <laughs> it's just a simulation mm-hmm. for... I mean, it could have been cool too had they literally the victory project had been kind of similar and kind of both it's like ah yes the men are like of course the 50s is where it's at because that's when my wife would wait on me even though i was working myself to death if they had kidnapped their wives and literally dragged them out into the desert Mm -hmm. for a victory project that was out there that could have been cool there Mm -hmm. and have a whole weird cult compound but yeah it's like they had a bunch of really good ideas mm-hmm. in this movie. And I feel like that's why... Because, like, looking critically... I think both audience and my critics... It didn't receive amazing ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because a lot of people could tell... It feels a little, like, smashed together. And like there's a lot of cool concepts and things that if they fleshed out a lot would have been would have made it an amazing movie because mm-hmm. like the trailer looks amazing and it's, oh, yeah. it seems like such an interesting concept however 
I think probably a lot due to the filming process of it and the behind the scenes is a lot of kind of what hurt the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it, I still think it's entertaining. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, it was interesting. It's very interesting to watch. Um, however, when you start breaking it down and looking at all the little pieces together, it kind of... Kind of loses its initial appeal. I've seen a lot of people wish it had been like a series, like one of the Netflix one season mm -hmm. series where each episode's like an hour or so, um, a trilogy. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, with everything with the cast, you can't really do much with that. Yeah. A lot of people have also been comparing it to WandaVision and just kind of saying it was cool in concept but just not fleshed out like WandaVision. A lot of people are pressed. I think that kind of makes sense. They're really pulling on the nostalgia to kind of unsettle you and then they kind of skip through that part mm -hmm. a little bit too I much. It could have been good because like clearly there were a lot of issues so this couldn't really have happened. Um, however, if like they were able to and this is what they were planning for, I think it would have been really good to have like it was two movies because mm -hmm. I think it would have been really great to like flesh out the simulation type stuff uh, in the first movie and have her realize at the end that it's a simulation and then have a second movie be about her figuring out how to break out of it because um, I feel like that would have given a lot more time to flesh out the development of everything mm -hmm. both the plot and the characters we could have seen more of that Frank and Alice actual competition that we talked about exactly we could have seen a little bit more because uh, then Frank could take on a way more antagonistic role in the second being like oh mm. she knows we have to stop her from mm. getting out and ruining this project well and the thing is too and a lot of issues that people have is the last like few seconds of the film is just her breathing mm. meaning that we think she was able to get out in time and wake up and a lot of people are like well she's probably been in there for a minute she's probably super weak probably still strapped down to the bed is she actually going to be able to escape it feels kind of i don't know shouldn't if she wasn't able to escape yeah. and kind of more of like what are the stakes of somebody actually knowingly getting out of the simulation and ruining things in the real world is frank some sort of high level politician who would face a lot of kickback is this a big operation or is it just some small garage incel mm -hmm. group and a little bit more of the background i think of the victory project and its followers who's who and why they actually care if she gets out or not like yeah there could have just been way more stakes in mm -hmm. the issue because it ends up being kind of like personal because it's just like oh she wants to get out it's not really because like had they done like two movies i feel like because they're like okay i want to get out and i want all these women to mm -hmm. get out. we need to break out of this rush past that point completely yeah, they have that like, yeah because they're like the women don't know and then she just goes off all well and they have that scene where she's covered in jack's blood uh -huh. about to get into the car all the husbands are yelling at her bunnies yelling at her and all these street lights start to break and some people are like oh that's each of the women suddenly realizing and suddenly remembering because the only they reason alice started remembering was because margaret was going crazy exactly. 
and they just let it happen. Yeah, and then it moves on. It's like, okay. Let's They're just going to do the thing where they brainwash the women again, mm-hmm. and they're fine. And if she gets out, is she, if she just dies, why would they care that she's getting out? Okay. If she doesn't actually have the ability to ruin she these men's lives, the find the women. Exactly. Explain that. And I feel like a good thriller would explain it. Mm-hmm. And preferably during like doing like a show, not telling. Um, but I don't know. Like it, it was really good in concept, and there are a lot of things mm-hmm. that if fleshed out, it could have been. It could have been like a perfect movie, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of flopped a little bit. Yeah, they they just needed like a final drive. To push the point home, and they kind of lost on that. Could have been any number of issues, COVID, mm-hmm. behind-the-scenes drama, budget, logistics, but there was just a lot there that I wish people had pushed on more. Mm-hmm. But the soundtrack was pretty good. I do agree. The cinematography, gorgeous. Okay, we kind of, like, crapped on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we should talk about some things that I thought were... The costume and set design, absolutely fantastic i want every single costume and every single one of those women's wardrobes it really does like because we talked about this earlier earlier it really does feel like it's the 50s Mm -hmm. like they were really good at being like this 50s town i think they filmed it in palm springs because a lot of people have like gone to that neighborhood but that shot of all like the women kissing their husbands goodbye and they're all pulling out of the driveway in the exact same way it feels so perfect and like literally so calculated like it is in a simulation like that's that's like what you see in a cartoon yeah which i feel like was probably like intentional yeah definitely Mm -hmm. intentional like some subliminal messaging but Mm -hmm. like but it was it was so beautiful to even just watch visually um the comparison every time alice makes breakfast and it's the same shots and then when she's losing it the shots are a little bit weirder or she overfills the coffee or burns the eggs or something like that i thought that was a really great progression of how she was doing um something i've really loved about Mm -hmm. a lot more thrillers being released lately they're brighter yeah it's because i feel like a common trope that has happened for both thriller and horror movies in particular they're shot a lot of times in the dark which to a point that works because especially for horror it hides the monster Mm -hmm. you don't see it as much and i feel like that makes it scarier however i think it would be equally as scary if it's bright and you still don't see the monster Mm -hmm. um because you don't see what is threatening even though it's in broad daylight and i feel like that's why this one like kind of still is a bit jarring when you're like oh it's a simulation because everything's bright you're like oh Mm -hmm. it's an actual like colorful world there's like all these things that you can do uh so it feels like a lot more lively Mm -hmm. than like typical thrillers where they like make everything dark and dull then I feel like that already sets the tone mm-hmm. and I think a better tone for a thriller is to keep it lively and then destroy it mm-hmm. as it's still that way kind of like 
when we watched Midsummer. Yeah, it's so bright because the sun doesn't really set during the festival. And so it's supposed to be unsettling, disorienting, leaves people in a vulnerable situation. And I think, at least with this movie, it definitely helps you go through that journey of realization with Alice yeah. when you start on the same level as she does. I also think, like, like, oh, look yeah. at this really cool 50s right? world. It's so fun. It's like, check me in. I want to go live in a simulation with Harry Styles any day yeah, until so you don't want to. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I think it's. They really captured that vibe while also keeping it, like, scary. Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh. Everything isn't what it seems. We're all living in a simulation. Mm-hmm. Blows your mind. I think it's a very good way to tell a thriller story. I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. And of course, we got to talk about Florence Pugh acting. She <sighs> is amazing. We talked about fantastic at the beginning, um, but oh, she is so good of an actor. Mm-hmm. Like. She really knows what she's doing. and Everything that she does is so... Like, you can see the motivation behind it. And when she comes back, so after Alice gets <laughs> kidnapped again and has to be, like, reconditioned, she comes back and she's got this, like, same happy whatever that we saw in the beginning and... She still has, like, these weird moments where she's disoriented, where she can't remember, and then she has that snap, and completely, you don't even see, like, the Alice that was going crazy at the beginning of the movie. You see real-world Alice Mm -hmm. in this 1950s circumstance realizing what her husband has done to her. It's Nurse Alice. It's not 50s Alice. It is 100% Nurse Alice completely it's so well done mm-hmm. and she does it so well yeah, and that like, it really shows yeah. that she like broke out of the brainwashing headset, completely like it's such a good way to show the rule like show don't tell because mm-hmm. you don't want to like tell your audience you're like this is a simulation it's like no it shows like through her flashbacks and everything and then you can see it on her face the visible like snap mm-hmm. of her being like this isn't real. Well, because when she gets taken away the first time, when she gets, like, when she escapes the simulation and gets put back in, she doesn't know what actually is going on yet, still. Exactly. And just to go from that to completely aware, mm-hmm. and that whole, like, it was my life to choose speech that she gives, I think was absolutely perfect and very on theme for the point of the film. Mm-hmm. It's like, everybody's... There's a lot of people trying to say, oh, Jack was not wrong. He just wanted to give them the best life they could. He didn't give her the choice, and that was the biggest thing. And the way she says that, the way she delivers that monologue was just so powerful. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I don't know, the way she kills Harry Styles. Mm -hmm. Iconic girl boss. (laughs) Well, it's, like, so emotional, and she is, like... The whole point of the movie is like her trying to survive Mm -hmm. as Florence Pugh does in most psychological thrillers that she's in and to kind of like see that tension between ah the man I love who's just betrayed me I'm angry at him but I still love him but he's literally trying to kill me right now and that choice between death and survival and how much tension she has before she finally hits him with the bottle or glass or whatever it is so good chills every time 
it's amazing. I think the acting is on point. I think the aesthetic of the 50s mm-hmm. is fantastic. It does have an amazing soundtrack. Like, it really captures that whole era. I think it's just a pretty good movie overall. Like, yeah. There, there are some bad parts, and I feel like that's the case with every movie. Mm-hmm. There are always some bad parts and, like, things you can nitpick. Because, like, it is a little bit choppy at some points, but it's so fun to watch, and I think when you watch it, you are pretty easily entertained. There you go. Uh, But, anyways, thank you for joining me on this episode today, Caroline. Anytime. She will probably be joining us for (laughs) some more episodes occasionally. Um, But I hope you guys all enjoyed, and y'all should check out Easily, not Easily Entertained, Uh, Y'all should check out Don't Worry Darling because it's a good show. It's on HBO Max. So check it out. Let us know what you think about it. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Easily Entertained with me, Bryson Olson. If you enjoyed, be sure to tune back in on the first and third Tuesdays of every month at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time to hear all about entertainment. Easily Entertained is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on social media on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter for Easily Entertained for more updates on our new episodes and extras on all things entertainment. Until Until next time, time, this is Easily Easily Entertained. Entertained.